Well, it's time now for the morning line here on KMA, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the weather this morning. And KMA land residents have certainly experienced a roller, coper, uh, roller coaster uh, to, in terms of weather conditions this week, or roller coper, whatever you want. <laughs> with us on the line this morning with more on our wacky weather conditions is Iowa State climatologist Dr. Justin Glisson. Good morning to you, Justin. Good morning, Mike, and happy meteorological spring to KMA land. Well, thank you very much, sir. We hope that it's a happy one for you and for everyone. And uh, suffice to say, this region, I think it can be said, experienced all four seasons in one week in one form or another. What's causing this up and down weather situation that we've experienced over the last few days? Absolutely. So we call it meridional flow. There's a high amplitude waves that move through the atmosphere that bring us warm air and cold air. And as you said, it Iowa gets uh, all four seasons over the last week, particularly windy conditions as well. But temperatures approaching <clears throat> the record highs for uh, February, which is 82 degrees. Shenandoah and Red Oak uh, gave it a run for its money, uh, 80 to 81 degrees, so just a degree off that average. But you look at February in general, uh, second warmest February in 152 years of records. This average temperature that we saw for the month was the average temperature that we expect in March. So a very spring-like February and very high amplitude flow. So you get warm temperatures, and then behind it you get a cold rush, as we've had over the last few days, and then we're going to warm back up. Again, it's the way the jet stream acts in the mid-latitudes. And, of course, we had a big, big shift in the weather pattern. Of course, January felt more like winter with the snow, and then we've had this dryness uh, throughout most of February. What caused that big shift in the weather? So the strong El Nino that we're in, when we have those warm sea surface temperatures in the Pacific, fires off thunderstorms. Those thunderstorms impact the jet streams across the uh, mid-latitudes where we live. So the polar jet stream stays further north. The subtropical jet stays further south. We've heard of the atmospheric river in, in California with all the wetness. That wetness stays across the southern states. We lock in very warm temperatures, but we also lock in that dryness. And for southwest Iowa, the fourth warmest winter on record, and also the driest February on record, so particularly dry conditions. And this is a reminder that we're in the 191st week of D1 drought somewhere in Iowa, the longest drought since 1954 to 1959. With this weather, the, the dry period we had in February, how did that add to the lack of moisture, and how did that take away from all that snow and the moisture that, that we got hammered with back in January? Yeah, so when we warmed up in January, we had rainfall on top of that snowpack across southern Iowa. We had good infiltration into the soil profiles. When you get into those warm, windy days in February, we're extracting moisture from the surface. Now, February is one of the driest months climatologically, uh, so it's, you know, the silver lining there is it's better to have a, a dry winter month as opposed to a particularly dry month during the growing season. So we did extract some soil moisture. We did dry things out a little more. But over the winter time, even with the dry February, we were running above average across the state and in, in southwest Iowa, uh, a little over 100% of normal, so right around what we expect. And this was a function of a th the third warmest December uh, that snowpack in January actually insulated the surface from that Arctic air. Uh, so we didn't really freeze that profile, and we had good infiltration through the wintertime. 
with all of this, uh, how did this impact the drought conditions? We entered this winter in extreme down in a drought in a lot of portions of Iowa and really across uh, our entire region. How did the February dryness period impact the drought conditions? Yep, so we had improvement through winter. Uh, it's hard to make improvement during the driest season, but we did get into wetter uh, behavior, <clears throat> especially into December and j- into January. We really haven't seen much change in the February map over the last four weeks, but as we warm up into March and we expect more precipitation, if we do stay dry, <clears throat> you can see a degradation in that drought map pretty rapidly, especially as we get into the growing season, we get planted, that vegetative demand increases along with the atmospheric demand from uh, warmer temperatures. Let's talk about March and what we can expect. Right now, with the El Nino weather pattern we have, what can we expect as far as the weather in March? Are we going to see more rain? Is it going to be drier? Uh, is there a chance we still might have some sort of uh, snow event uh, taking place? Yep, so on the snow front, we've had snow through May, so snow is always a possibility. Don't remind us. Don't remind <laughs> yes, us. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> but given this, uh, the strong El Nino is starting to subside, so we're seeing those temperatures in the Pacific start to cool off. The expectation is moving into Enso neutral or in between El Nino and La Nina in the April, May, June time frame. As far as March goes, if you look at the, uh, the outlooks for the month, we're trending warmer, and this locks in with that El Nino pattern. But we're also seeing uh, an elevated pattern for wetter conditions that is possible. So uh, that's a great signal to see. Uh, that might mean more thunderstorms, given that as we enter the warm season, we start to see more thunderstorms, and thunderstorms drive that precipitation that we get. <clears throat> so overall, it's a good pattern to see for March. If we look at April, May, June behavior, so late spring into early summer, for a shift from El Nino to Enso neutral conditions, historically, if we go back to 1950, and then look at the last 30 years in terms of trends, we do see near normal to slightly elevated chances for wetter conditions into spring. So again, given how dry we've been in the length of this drought, the March outlooks and the April, May, June behavior that we've seen from past El Ninos is somewhat of a good signal to see. What does that mean in terms of severe weather and the chances that one of these days, especially if these warm temperatures continue, that the atmosphere is going to heat up and we're going to have one heck of a severe weather outbreak? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you have such a a tight temperature gradient with warm temperatures and then cold temperatures, a cold front rushing through and hitting those warmer, moister, uh, moist air in, in the atmosphere, that's when you fire thunderstorms. So seeing a wetter and a warmer signal for March does suggest that there is a higher potential for thunderstorms. Now, it's very hard to predict a severe weather outbreak more than, uh, you know, three to five days out. We're not seeing anything like that in the current uh, Storm Prediction Center outlooks. Uh, But as we enter spring, of course, severe weather does ramp up. Uh, Given the drought that we've seen, we've actually had a severe weather drought, for lack of a better phrase, uh, which has deprived deprived us of a lot of rainfall. Uh, But overall, as you mentioned, with that warm and wet signal, thunderstorms are possible. And, uh, you know, looking back on uh, this March, of course, this month marks the fifth anniversary of the Missouri River floods of 2019. We remember what the weather conditions were like uh, back around this time. 
How have the weather patterns that uh, caused that flooding that uh, we had changed from those experienced, you know, five uh, five years ago? Sure. So the bomb cyclone that came through mid-March in, in 2019, record flooding, as you mentioned, in southwestern Iowa. I still remember it vividly on, on field scouting and in, in tours down in southwest Iowa. Uh, the actual the low pressure that came through earlier this week that gave us that uh, Arctic uh, rush of uh, colder temperatures, a similar type low pressure system, not as strong, not a bomb cyclone, uh, but we've seen more of those strong low pressure systems. If you remember back December 15, 2021, mm. the serial derecho along with 63 tornadoes, a similar type low pressure system. So with a warming atmosphere and a tighter temperature gradient, especially in the shoulder season, so we think fall and spring, that's where we see those potent low pressures come through. Now that, that March event is something for the record book, something that will be studied for the next several decades. Uh, but we are seeing stronger low-pressure systems like that. Well, uh, Justin, we thank you very much uh, for the update on the weather situation, and we hope that uh, hope to talk to you again somewhere down the line again. Enjoy the, the first day of this meteorological spring, and we will talk to you again somewhere down the line. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks, Mike. Take care. That's state climatologist Dr. Justin Glisson on the morning line on KMA.